Hi, it's Amelia here from Undercover Architect. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the mindset of designing, building and renovating your forever family home versus flipping and just how different this can be as an experience for a homeowner and why so many homeowners get caught out. So let's dive in. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. This episode and this season is brought to you by my online program, Manage Your Build. Look, Manage Your Build was created because I saw so many homeowners not wanting to know what was going to happen during the construction of their new build or renovation. They felt that that was going to be the thing that they could really be involved in, they were really excited about, and that they would ultimately be able to understand because they would see things coming to life on their site. But my experience is that whilst that's how homeowners might think about it, the reality is that when things do start to happen, it can look all out of order. It can look like uh, you don't expect to have to make certain decisions at certain times. I remember somebody saying that they thought the painting of their home would be one of the last things that would happen. They didn't understand that it was actually going to happen much earlier because it was about scaffolding being able to come down and get off site. Uh, and so the painters needed to be able to come in early and be able to get up to those higher levels to paint the home before that scaffolding disappeared. And they were totally surprised by the fact that they needed to choose their paint colors much earlier than they thought. This is the thing. There are so many decisions that need to be made as part of getting your project built. And if you don't know the sequence of events, if you don't know what happens in what order, who is involved and how that will roll out during construction, you can get caught out. You completely lose the opportunity to have the decisions that you want and uh, and to have the things that you want in your home. Manage Your Build will help you be able to anticipate, be able to plan, be able to know what is coming on your project so that you can be a really involved, informed and confident homeowner and get the home that you actually want and not miss out on those opportunities and get those decisions made when they need to be made. If you want to find out more information about Manage Your Build, head to www.manageyourbuild.com.au and you can see how to join there. Now in this episode, I want to talk about just the difference in mindset that happens in forever homes versus flipping homes. The thing is that I see in that online reality, uh, the online renovating and building space and the reality TV building and renovating space is that you're generally paying attention to industry experts who are doing project after project. It gives them material to share with you. It gives them material to produce and create engagement from, to keep you excited, seeing what's coming next, seeing more examples of ideas and inspiration and them trying out new ideas and strategies in this, the projects that they do one after the other. Sometimes those projects might include their own homes as they work through a sequence of projects, but oftentimes they're projects that are for resale. And that, that process of building and renovating for resale or for flipping or for making money out of down the long run or for renting out or even for Airbnb is an entirely different mindset 
to you renovating or building your forever family home. I spoke before and I got a lot of feedback about the earlier episode that I spoke about the blind side that homeowners experience uh, when they're not prepared for just how emotional the process of building and renovating can be, about the unexpected uh, sort of fallout of what we uh, bring to the table when it comes to renovating and building our home, about how we bring all of this extra baggage of identity and status and the pressure of our project needing to look like we've achieved something, that we've we've accomplished a particular position, financial position in our life, uh, a particular we've kind of arrived at like being a grown-up, you know, to to be able to create this finished project, and that we've got this kind of built decked out you know beautiful renovation or new home that kind of says hey this is this is what I'm about this is what I've always dreamed of this is what our values and our our standards kind of look like this is the kind of dream home that we've always wanted this is what it looks like in terms of the kinds of expectations of lifestyle that we have for our family and this is the container of all of our special belongings and people and memories and all of those types of things and like that's a lot (laughs) that is a lot of stuff a lot of pressure a lot of expectation uh, that comes to the party when you're building or renovating your forever family home and whilst that the process of flipping or the process of building or renovating to sale to sell or to invest still requires decisions that have permanent consequences they're not always decisions that you're going to be having to live with permanently and so there's an ability to kind of Uh, disconnect yourself from the significance of those decisions and not tie yourself up in as much knots or even just be more objective about them because you're not as attached to the outcome of what they might mean for you if it's your forever family home. See, this is what I see for homeowners uh, when they're building or renovating their forever family homes is they'll literally tie themselves up in knots over um, what might they be missing out on? What might what might they not be aware of in the decisions that they're making that they'll potentially regret not including down the track? Have they done enough research to cover all of the bases of their bathroom design? Have they not considered all of the different options of that bathroom design layout and they'll come to regret that they didn't position the toilet there or the bath there or the shower there? Have they not considered that the tile that they chose, perhaps they're being too brave with it, perhaps they're being too on-trend with it, perhaps they're being too similar to everybody else. They do, you know, I find that homeowners get really torn between wanting to have something that is uniquely theirs and expresses their style, but not wanting to step out of the envelope too much or be too brave in case they feel that they're going to get sick of it down the track. Um, and, and, you know, I talked about the, the difficulty around giving styles a name and how that can be really limiting for you when you label something. And so all of that can be really, you know, it's like, well, am I going to get sick of this style in a couple of years time? Is this style going to go out of favor? And so everybody will walk into this house and go, oh, that was so 2019, you know, it's this whole thing of, of just this, where we're constantly kind of jumping between 
um, what we're trying to do now, future-proofing our home into what it will be like and will we still love it in the years to come and uh, and what will other people think of the choices that we'll make and will we look like we were a bit daggy, will we look like we were trying to be a bit trendy, will we look like we were able to be timeless and stylish in the way that we made this home sort of feel and function and, and look at the end of it the day. And given too that so much, you know, it's our, generally our biggest investment, there's a whole heap of pressure that comes with that as well. And you know that you're not selling it at a profit at the end and going to be able to realize some cash out of that, that the mistakes have far more significant ramifications. If you know that you're going to be paying a mortgage on this decision for 30 years to come, that decision comes with interest, you know. So it's this thing of, am I, there's this questioning of always, am I making the right choice? Am I making the right decision? And it's very difficult to detach yourself from that, to disconnect yourself and not be attached to the outcome when it's your forever home. And that's not what you'll see in the reality TV and the online renovating and building space. I find too, even when reality and online uh, industry experts are doing their own homes, they have a sense of detachment to it because it's kind of like they're in the industry. They can always change their mind later. They can always fix it or figure it out later. Whereas I find most family members never want to renovate or build again. Like if they're doing their long-term family home, it's like they're so over feeling out of their comfort zone, feeling stressed, being overwhelmed by the decisions, feeling the permanency of everything they're committing to. They never want to have to do it again. They never want to have to endure it again. They want this to be the last time that they do it. Chances are it's not going to be the last time that you do it. Um, but but it can in the thick of it feel like you never ever want to experience this again and so you know you just want to get this done right the very first time and uh, whereas I see a lot of online and TV building and renovating experts um, they're okay with the fact that what the, the decision that they're making now might change five years down the track and they might need to change that light fitting or might need to change wall colors or perhaps they could redo that deck or those types of things. And at the end of the day, if this is kind of their business, if this is what they're doing, then they know that that will just provide them with more TV or uh, online content down the track. Like there's no downside to that, you know? So it's this, it is this thing of like, it's just a very different mindset. And two, if, if you're an industry expert and this is what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, you're not necessarily operating outside of your comfort zone the same way that a, a, a homeowner doing this for the first time is. And so everything feels a bit more achievable. It doesn't feel as significant and as big a decision and as big a drama and as big a commitment as it can when it's your first project and it feels like, and it's your forever home. So I really, um, I really want you to be okay. I keep trying to give you permission to be okay with the fact that this is a big deal and the fact that this is going to potentially feel like very big decisions, very big commitments. And you're going to, what I see happen for homeowners is they criticize themselves. They get really down on themselves for it taking a while. You know, there's this fine line between knowing that the investment of time and energy is worth it and taking your time, really being patient with that process of making the decisions and getting all of your design ducks in a row and really being sure that the design is right. And then being caught in procrastination through fear because you don't want to commit to something that 
is going to be permanent. So you've got to tread that line between. And unfortunately, a lot of homeowners do move into procrastination. And if it's not your full-time job and something gets in the way, life gets in the way, baby comes along and all of a sudden this disappears for six to nine months and then you kind of gear yourself up to get back into it and gear up your motivation and your energy and you dive back into it and you kind of feel like you're going sort of back five steps to kind of re-engage with it. Like it, it happens. It just I see it happen for homeowners time and time again. I've seen a lot of homeowners get to the point where they just go, is it really worth spending this money on this house? Do we just sell up this house? I feel so depressed about how much this house is costing to renovate. Um, do we just try and start again? Like it's 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 this emotional roller coaster for people that just doesn't get revealed in a reality or an online space. The reality TV space ends up being a roller coaster usually because people are totally sleep deprived. Um, now, if you're sleep deprived because you have young children, you're trying to juggle uh, uh, perhaps a job, a life, a family, plus a renovation or building project, and stress is keeping you or waking you up at night, then that's one form of sleep deprivation. If you're sleep deprived because you're being expected to do 48 hours of work inside a 24 hour period, that's a different type of sleep deprivation and you're enduring it for eight to 12 weeks in the season of a program and you know that you can go back to your life and you can fall in a heap. When you're doing it inside a renovation or building project of your own and you're potentially going at it for two years, it's a marathon. Like that requires stamina to keep going. And where you're going to need your energy most is at the end to make sure it all gets finished exactly how you want it to in all of those detail finishes and final sort of signing off of everything. And so that can be a lot to sustain. And when you've got this added pressure of it being your forever home, like those contestants know that they can walk away. The online experts know that they're going to be rolling onto another project. The, you know, it's, it's such a different mindset. So I just want to encourage you that when you're looking at this from a kind of an assessment point of view that you know, Okay, they're not experiencing what I'm experiencing. They they might sort of be telling me that they understand what I'm experiencing. It's a different mindset. Doing your, and like I know this from personal experience. Um, I know this from, I know this from shepherding clients through their forever home and helping them with the stresses and the deliberations and the decisions and being able to be an objective kind of advisor on bringing the expertise of hundreds of projects to that decision and saying, look, yeah, I know that this is catching you up and I know that this is causing you stress. These are the pros, these are the cons. Ultimately, it's your decision, but this is what I think will actually work in your favor or be the best outcome. And that's why you hire an industry professional. That's why you hire somebody who has had experience over lots and lots of projects and can bring that to the table in your project and help you have some objectivity around getting lost in the weeds in those decisions that feel so significant for you because everything feels significant. Um, and so, yeah, I've seen that in terms of really helping homeowners through that, through that confusion, through that overwhelm and really helping them draw out, bring them back to what's going to be really serving their, their needs as they expressed in when they first sort of started the project. You know, we talked that thing about what are you ultimately seeking to achieve? How do you want to feel in your home? You know, often it takes the objectivity of a design professional or somebody on your team to really bring you back to that place of going, hey, this is what you said you really wanted. Does that help you make this decision more clearly? Um, or budgetary, you know, look, spending extra $5,000 on that choice 
that's going to help you, you know, it's going to really push you on your budget or it's going to force you to have to compromise here or it's going to mean you have to borrow extra money. Like, is that really in keeping with what you wanted to do when you said you wanted to create a relaxing, stress-free home? Um, is it really a decision that's going to make that significant a difference to the quality of lifestyle? Like I find a lot of these decisions, particularly as construction starts to happen, and you see this in reality TV and online space, they'll walk on site and they'll go, oh, actually, I'm going to change my mind about that. I'm going to pick, I've seen this great light fitting and I'm going to put that in instead. So what we're going to need to do is we're going to need to change the wiring. We're going to need to punch new holes in the ceiling here and here. We're going to need to run an extra power across here and we're going to need an extra light switch. And like, if you did that, (laughs) if you did that during an actual construction project, um, the builder, a good builder would kind of go, okay, all right, let's see what we can do. Um, a not so good builder would tell you that it's just not happening. Um, but a good builder or, and a good designer or architect would really say to you, look, is that really what you want to do? Because it's going to mean this much extra time in your project. It's going to mean this much extra cost. You're not going to get back the cost of the light fitting that was already installed. You're going to pay variation margins in the contract. They're generally higher than standard building margin rates. Um, so that, that decision is not just going to cost you the difference in the light fitting. It's going to cost you the difference in all of the electrical work plus the margin on that. Like none of that gets discussed in a reality TV online renovating and building space or rarely gets touched on when somebody just has a, a decision to decide that they want to change something and make it a different choice because they've come up with a better solution during construction. You know, it stands to reason that the less changes you can make on site, the less changes of mind you can have, the less, oh, whilst we're here, we might do this, or um, the less delays that you can cause to the builder, the simpler your project will go, the less headaches you'll have, the less budget blowouts you'll have, and the sooner you'll get to your finished home. That's not what gets presented. What gets presented instead in reality TV and online renovating and building is that construction is a f- ebb and flow of flux and change and conversations and changes of mind. And uh, and it's that thing that, well, it makes for great television, um, but it doesn't make for a great building project. And so the, the I think too that there's some of that mindset comes to the online and reality TV space too that's not inside a forever home or a homeowner's experience because as a homeowner, okay, you've got the pressure of knowing that this decision that you're making is a permanent thing that you're going to have to live with long term and you're also knowing that if you change your mind on site, you're either not going to be able to change your mind on site or it's going to cost you significantly more in time and money and so you want to avoid having to change things on site. So you know that it's like when you make the decision before construction, that's potentially your last opportunity to make that decision. Whereas you see in these reality TV and online industry experts, they might make the decision before construction starts, but then they also know that they've got the flexibility just because of the way that the process works and the way that that, you know, it makes good television is that they can stand on site and they can change their mind if they want to and they can pull things and they can, you know, add things in and it just yeah, it's terrible project management methodology, terrible construction management methodology, makes for great television, uh, will not make for great builder client relationships in your project. 
So this difference in mindset is really about you, as I said first, about being like just giving yourself permission for this to be a big deal, like for it to feel significant and to not criticize yourself for the fact that this does feel important, that you're, you know, as I said in a previous episode, uh, the, the woman that wrote on Facebook saying that she went to work, you know, wondering if she'd left her home in the hands of trustworthy builders, that she was waking up in the middle of the night worried about a bathroom tile choice. Like all of those things happen because you're this, the, the implications of your choices feel really significant. And ultimately they are because they're going to be the things that you have around you day in, day out, and that you've invested money in and you're potentially paying interest on and that create the lifestyle and the container for your future memories and your family time with the people that you love most. So it's very easy for it to feel a very big deal. It's very, I see homeowners then really uh, getting negative, getting very critical of themselves for it being a big deal. Oh, I should be able to do this. I should be able to make a decision. Surely this shouldn't be so hard. Why am I procrastinating about this? Why is it taking me so much time? I had one member say to me recently that she just, she's getting really sick of friends asking us, so what's happening with the house? And she's like, they just don't get how much time it takes for all these things to happen. And I get a delay here and then I have to make a decision here. And that decision takes a bit of time. And she's doing all the right things in terms of making decisions up front and getting things incorporated. But her friends just haven't seen anything happen on site and they all expected it would happen yesterday. And so when you've got friends coming at you and then you're watching these reality TV and these online experts and they're making decisions very quickly because they're not so attached to the outcomes. Uh, or perhaps even if they're doing their own home, they've been able to try out that solution on several projects before. And so they can make that decision quickly. They can make that decision knowing that it's going to be the right one. You haven't necessarily seen that choice in your home, in your environment to know how it's going to work for you. And so it can feel like a much bigger deal for you to make that decision for yourself. I know when we were doing our own projects, we were renovating uh, to improve the home. And uh, the first home that we did, look, we just started renovating it because we were young, we didn't have kids yet. It seemed like a good way for us to be able to improve the value of the home. And, you know, we both had from sort of DIY backgrounds. My mum had always renovated our houses. Uh, my husband's very handy. And so it was just something that we started doing. And I think that that home in particular was always a first home buyer's home. And so it was something that we, you know, I was working at Mervac at the time. And so I would make decisions based on starting to understand real estate. I was doing some postgraduate studies in property economics, and I was sort of understanding the importance of kind of testing the feasibility of things and of understanding the return on investment and all of this kind of stuff, you know, but it was our, it, we knew that we weren't going to be there long term. And, and even though we did up designs that extended the house considerably and that at one point we were looking at doing them, we knew through our research that we would not necessarily get the return on them. And by the time we started sort of getting towards, you know, in the end of owning that home, we knew that, you know, it was quite a surprise if you've heard me tell the story before. I just went randomly to an open inspection of a house in the same suburb on a bigger block of land. Uh, that was unrenovated for a similar price to what we could sell our current house for. And so, lo and behold, it ended up being like, I was quite surprised. I looked at it and thought, this is a fantastic home. Uh, my husband uh, was at work. I, you know, 
went and picked him up from work and said, hey, can we go and check out this house, organised a second inspection and we put an offer on it and the offer got accepted and we did a three-month settlement so that we could finish off the renovations on the previous house in order to put it on the market and be able to then to move into this new house and have everything settle at the same time. And the market was in, in a good place at that time that I knew we'd be able to sell our existing house quickly, we'd be able to settle, it would all be okay. We had a, a son at the time, I think was about six months old, we just had one child. So, you know, it was hilarious. I was getting up. He was a great sleeper, fortunately. Uh, so I could get up early in the morning and I could work on the house and he would wake up very happy and just kind of chortle in his cot. Don't worry. My second daughter arrived and showed me it wasn't all about me. I thought I was such a calm mother. I thought I'd just created this beautiful, perfect, calm child. It was not me. It was him. <laughs> my, second my second child, my daughter definitely showed me that and knocked the smugness right out of me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was really interesting because we then quickly finished off that home knowing that it was never going to be the big extended family home that we had initially thought when we first bought it because the land wasn't right, the location wasn't necessarily suitable and it was always going to be in a certain point of the market because it was located in the suburb. The next time that we then went on to do, we did do more work too. We did do a more extensive project, did more renovations to it, invested more money in it. And, um, and again, we thought we would be there long term, but we had storms go through uh, we experienced the gap storms and the flooding that came with that and uh, had a very difficult battle with an insurance company to get the money from them that took 13 months uh, of fighting them to get the insurance from them. And it really tainted our experience of that home. And um, and we looked for an opportunity to renovate a third house to really kind of um, build up that financial nest egg. And um, basically we sold that house and then bought the third renovation, which was a huge project. So for us, even though we were sort of renovating to sell, it wasn't necessarily always our point of reference, but it did help me and my training helped me. My background helped me. My architectural knowledge and my, my property development knowledge helped me to always be assessing the decisions we were making from a very objective point of view, a very different point of view. I often joke that, you know, where we are now, it, when we start renovating and building this house, um, when the time eventually comes, because we do plan to be here longer, that it's it's potentially going to be much more difficult to make those decisions. At the same time, though, I think that because of my background and my education, I would always be making them from what I know would serve the home best, the site best, the fam any family best, and what financially makes sense. And so that sets me up to have a level of objectivity that I potentially can't remove myself from anymore because just because it's my forever home. Where you as a homeowner doing this for the first time and doing your long-term forever home potentially will not be able to access that objectivity because it's just not part of your training or your makeup or you know the way that you're investing effort and energy and emotion into this project and so that's why surrounding yourself with a team of experts who understand that a team of industry professionals is really worthwhile to help lay on some of that objectivity and then also making sure that you view the advice that you're receiving via reality TV and online uh, experts who are doing to flip or are doing very quick turnover projects or are doing projects that they know they have the capacity to redo down the track. If you can make sure that you sift and filter the information that you're receiving from them with those goggles on, with knowing that it's going to be different for you, then I think that that 
will help you be better prepared for your project. That emotional piece, the pressure that comes with doing a forever home, the attachment to the outcomes, the significance of long-term choices that feel like they have such serious consequences on our finances and on our lifestyle and on the impression that we have and that others have of us and our home uh, is just going to be something to get comfortable with and to be okay with, to not criticize yourself about, but to take the time that you need to surround yourself with people who can help you have that object, that objectivity and really tap into that reality dose every once in a while uh, to kind of pull you out of um, being so, uh, I suppose, in the weeds of your project so that you can get that helicopter view and stay on track and really just know that even though it's your forever home, that the there's always the opportunity to change things down the track to um, to make different decisions in the future and that you can actually build in the flexibility and the capacity to do that through the way that you do your project. I see homeowners getting really caught up in some of the decisions that they want to make. I see I saw one homeowner being attached to this idea of having a very large kitchen with a stone bench top and two pack cupboard doors and all of and particular you know high-end appliances and she was going to lower all the heights of her windows and doors overall um, down to 2100 instead of 2400 in order to be able to afford this kitchen and my advice to her was the kitchen is easier to replace than the doors and the windows the doors and the windows will be about light they'll be about view they'll be about breezes they'll be about how your home feels but how light comes into it and, and moves through it, about how expensive your home is to heat and cool. Those things are expensive to change and retrofit down the track. Your kitchen is not. Building the capacity for your kitchen to be bigger down the track. Even look at doing a Laminex bench top now, Laminex cupboard fronts. She was in the throes of toddlers and babies. They can be hard wearing on a kitchen, kids banging pots and pans, dirty fingerprints, pulling on handles, pulling doors off hinges, all those sorts of things. That is something you can make a much smaller investment in to retrofit and fix up down the track and improve. You can replace appliances in, you know, appliances are generally fairly standardly sized. You can replace them within current kind of set out. All of those things can be done quite easily down the track. Build in the stuff that and invest in the stuff that will make a big difference to your home now and how you feel in your home and how your home functions and building the flexibility and the capacity to change the things that are lower cost investment to change down the track, okay? And then you can you can have some kind of opportunity and take the pressure off a bit of what those decisions might be now because you know that down the track you're going to have the capacity to change them to be more suitable for your lifestyle and your family at that point. Okay, so I hope that was helpful. It's it's a really tricky one, the whole mindset conversation, because it is something that is not necessarily understood until you're right in the trenches of your project. You can be taking on advice from people who are talking about flipping or are talking about doing short-term projects, and it still feel like it's real and relatable. You can start to question, like, why is it so hard for me? Why is this feeling so big? Why is this feeling so overwhelming? they seem to be okay with it or am I just unique and special 
and really not good at this. Like I, I see homeowners just going, I must just be crap at this. I, I feel so out of my comfort zone. I feel so stressed by all the terminology. I feel so stupid when I have conversations with professionals. I feel like I'm just waiting for somebody to take advantage of me, to rip me off and I don't understand. I just cannot seem to make a decision. I seem to need to look at, you know, 20,000 different options. I didn't even realize how many options there were. I find that the more I start scratching the surface of this and digging and trying to find answers, the more I realize I don't know. It, it Surely this shouldn't be this hard. You know, surely like we feel like we should have some innate knowledge and some innate ability. I don't know if it's because we all live in a home, because we all visit homes, because they're all around us. Like we've, you know, lived in them all our lives. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know why we think this should just come naturally to us, but it doesn't. And it doesn't for everyone. And people weigh up the significance of these decisions differently. And for some people, it is very significant. It's very high pressure. It's very stressful. And I just want you to cut yourself some slack. Okay. And I want you to build the support systems around you that you need in order to be able to make these decisions confidently and comfortably. Like the stress and the negative self-talk, that will be far more damaging than you investing in getting some, you know, help and some support and some kindness around you and some objectivity so that you can navigate your project more simply. All right. And you being kinder to yourself about this and giving yourself the support that you need is ultimately what is going to help you deliver this project in a way that's exciting and enjoyable and empowering rather than you talking negatively to yourself for the next 12 to 24 months about how terrible you are at this and why this should be easier. Okay. And it's why Undercover Architect exists. It's why I'm here. It's why I keep talking to you in the way that I do. And it's why I want to bring these conversations to the fore because I feel like this is not what is talked about, but behind closed doors it is. In my client relationships, in my member conversations, what I see in Facebook channels, what I hear homeowners talk about time and time again, particularly when they come out the other side, is they say, I wish somebody had told me this. Nobody talks about it to you going in. You find out when you're in the trenches. You then don't have the tools and the knowledge to to deal with it because you're too far into the process. I want you to be prepared before you go and so that you can make this project enjoyable. You can be empowered, educated and informed and you can be who you need to be to make your home great. Okay, so it's review time. I have a couple today. So one is from Floss Meyer and it says, love it, binge it. We are not even renovating or building yet. Uh, I love good design and I love to hear about what I make, what makes a space work. I've binged from the start. And I actually find, I find a lot of homeowners, they might be five years out from sort of planning on starting their project and they'll still start listening to the podcast. I find a lot of people who do, they then think actually this might be more doable than I thought it was initially. Perhaps I could actually bring my project forward and then they might invest in a course and that makes it all far more doable and achievable for them. So I really encourage you um, to you know to really take on board the information that you're learning because sometimes projects can become much more achievable they don't have to be these big undertakings and you can realize that even the smallest things can make your life better in the process of transforming your home your existing home or building a new one all right so let's find another one this one says all right all right all right this podcast was a godsend whilst we searched and designed our new home. Due to building on a narrow block, we engaged an architect, but armed with Amelia's clear logical advice, we had the courage to challenge some of our architect's decisions. And that to me 
Like you as an informed homer are your greatest weapon in your project. Design professionals are not perfect and uh, sometimes they don't always understand what you're seeking to achieve. And if you can be able to really work with them collaboratively, really question what they're doing, really know how to check that what they're doing for you is the right thing. So you're not just blindly trusting them. That for me is a really great outcome. So whether you're working with a designer or an architect or you're going about this yourself, I really do hope that Undercover Architect is your secret ally. I find lots of people uh, work, will listen to Undercover Architect, will implement the advice that they're using and never tell their designer that I that they've been speaking with me or been inside one of my courses, you know, or followed me at all. I actually was speaking to an architect recently and I recognized the architect's name because I had reviewed a design that he had done for one of my course members. And I said, oh, one of my course members actually showed me your design, you know, some time ago and asked for some advice about the some specific things that she felt he was advising her and she wasn't too sure about. And so she asked me for a second opinion. And he said to me, oh, that's really interesting. She was actually much more informed than most of my clients. She'd never told him that she'd been working with me at all, which you know, I think is fantastic. This is the thing. I'm your secret ally. Just make sure you don't keep me too much of a secret because I want to make sure that I can still keep bringing this information and knowledge to you. Okay. (laughs) So tell your friends and family, you don't have to tell your architect or designer. Okay. Now, as I said, I just love being able to turn up every week and be in uh, your ears or on your screens talking to you. So thank you so much for joining me. And, uh, and yeah, thank you for letting me be your secret ally. And until next time, bye.